Welcome to the Fantasy Football Profit Podcast, hosted by Craig Phillips and Jeff Torrey. Visit us at FantasyFootballProfit.com. And now your hosts, Craig and Jeff. Welcome everyone to the Fantasy Football Profit Podcast. I'm Craig Phillips, joined as always by Jeff Torrey. And today we're going to continue our Dynasty talk, which we started last week. And we don't do a lot of Dynasty stuff, but we're going to do these two weeks of Dynasty. And this one, we're going for more, we're going deeper. <laughs> a little bit deeper than we normally do in these le- in these episodes about players. We're going some deep dynasty sleeper picks for you. If you're, you know, there's people that play in some really crazy dynasty leagues. And shoot, Jeff, I'm actually in one now where we run one with some listeners and um, people on Instagram that um, had come, you know, wanted to be in a league. This was started like last year, two years ago. It's 16 teams and we keep 25 players. So, you know, the one we run together, we have a 10 team. You keep 18 and that gets pretty deep on players. The, you know, yeah, pretty thin at the end there. So can you imagine 16 teams and you keep 25? Yeah. You, so man, that, that'd be nice. You uh, need this. Ep- you, so you need this episode for some of that, maybe <laughs> for sure. So it's always fun. I, th- I find it interesting to try to find, you know, guys here that maybe, you know, the, the beauty of this is like almost if you get one guy in your list that becomes fantasy relevant at all, it feels like a win. Doesn't it? That's oh, for sure. <laughs> and it is a lot of fun to be able to use it kind of like a farm system because yep. you can call like I saw it early, um, you know, making those calls it is kind of fun. Yeah. It's, so we're going to go through some of that here. But actually, you know, what, before we jump into that, I was OK. I, I had to ask you a couple of questions here real quick. Just some of the comments I've been getting um, on Instagram. <laughs> I just want to hear your thought. Not, nothing crazy, but I posted um, I posted my players. I love list. <laughs> you did yours. The other you did yours. uh not too long ago as well. And one player we both had on our list was Devin Singletary. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of people that are worried about Zach Moss um, oh, taking okay. it to his workload. Are you worried about that at all? I want to, I just want to, no, I, I mean, told, he, yeah, right. He didn't, sh- no, no, I'm, I'm not worried at all. Devin Singletary looked like the real deal. I, I loved him from the get go. And I think, I mean, at the end of the day, you have to have multiple backs, right? So they yeah. try to go out and get someone that can be a complimentary back that can also tote the ball if he does go down. But, I don't. I don't know another situation where I feel. I mean, there's. I don't know. He, he's very secure. I'm gonna. I'm gonna not gonna oversell it. I think Devin Singletary is very secure. What you saw from him the last half of the year uh, should solidify it for you. Uh, he he looked like the real deal. He is a very very good prospect. And yeah, maybe he won't get every carry, but they didn't they didn't draft Moss in order to take his spot. That's for sure. So yeah, here's one. Here's one of the comments about Singletary. I'll read this one and just say it says, "I don't understand Singletary." We we both had Singletary as like our second or third player player we love. Which mm-hmm. I mean, it's just that's where we like put him. And it says, "I don't understand Singletary with the additions of Diggs and Zach Moss, who will eat into Singletary's goal line work and carries. How is he valuable?" So, oh, I mean, I don't understand how Diggs <laughs> D- exactly him. right. Don't worry about that if anybody for some reason thinks that thought. But here's how Singletary is valuable. He's currently ranked as running back 26 on Fantasy Pros. The yeah. last I looked, that is some insane value, I believe, for a guy who could be a potential, you know, maybe no, no one. There's not a lot of workhorse backs, but a guy who's going to get the majority of his team's carries and is a pretty good player. And if he's the 26th running back, that is your that's your third running back. That is there is you're not there's no risk there. I feel like so. He's going behind now Raheem Moster. He's going behind David Montgomery. How do you feel about that? Like, I, want I, mean, to I feel like that's a slap in the face. Yeah, I mean, so please, people, don't Zach Moss. He 
they needed depth. They don't have Gore anymore. They needed somebody else. You have to put somebody. It's not like, you know, yeah, don't, and, don't worry. <laughs> if you look at, at Devin Singletary's numbers last year as well, I think the big thing to remember is he wasn't the starting back for half of the year. And when he finally got the nod, he did very, very well. I mean, he averaged over five yards of carry. He, he yeah. did very, very well for himself. And he had, like, I think he had two touchdowns, at least rushing the ball. He had two touchdowns, I'm saying. But, yeah, he didn't get a whole lot. So you have to believe that being a full-time starter, which I am assuming right now there's no reason not to, uh, he is definitely going to up those numbers. I, I just feel like if you're starting running back, getting two touchdowns would be an insane fluke. So those numbers should increase a lot. I think he only had 150 carries. You know, that should obviously go up. I, I just, I think the sky's the limit for him in this young offense. Yep. So yeah, that's just, the value is just too, too great for me. So Singletary and Geis are going to be on all my teams. That's how it's going to work. Running back 26, running back 30. So here we go, Jeff. Let's jump into this dynasty list though. We're going to go five to one. We're going to start off with your number five player for your Dynasty sleepers. Dynasty sleeper. So, <laughs> yeah. So my number five is going to be John Hightower. Um, he is a wide receiver. He went to Philadelphia. And the whole idea behind this, he wasn't even overly highly rated, right? But you watch his highlight reel, and he he just he does look the part. He's not overly big. He doesn't have all of the the measurables that you would want. But he does have some good speed, and I think he has a little swagger to him. I personally like that. And he goes to a place where they desperately need younger players. And, yes, I am fully aware that they also got uh, Raygor, um, and he was a higher draft pick than him. So, obviously, that does play into it. But even so, your other first – your starting wide receivers are Elshon and Deshaun Jackson. Both are very you – know, they're just aging wide receivers. They went out. They traded for Marquise Goodwin which I've never been overly impressed with. He just hasn't been able to do it. Our Seager Whiteside, they drafted last year. He didn't have really a coming out. So you looked at his wide open, in my opinion, that after the tight ends, you know, get their work and they have Miles Sanders now, they're going to be looking for playmakers. So I think he is a, a good wide receiver. I think he landed in a very good spot. So I like him for for that culmination of reasons, even though he doesn't jump off the page. You know, he's not... He's not one of these really tall or insanely fast guys. Jalen Rager is faster. But uh, I, I think that he is a well-rounded uh, wide receiver that, you know, can come in and do something right away. I don't think that the game will be bigger than him. No, I, I, he didn't actually make my list, but he was the one that was like one of the last ones I was debating on. Um, yeah, I, I'm the, I think there's going to be – I mean, I'm not sold on the guys up above, you know, like Alshon and Deshaun Jackson. Those guys aren't going to be around very much, are they? So I mean, I would yeah. be I would yeah, honestly be surprised if if they don't try to deal or get rid of like I don't think they're both going to be on the team to start the season, right? I, yeah, but, I yeah. can't imagine that would happen, and that's just the you know the makeup of the team at the moment. Yeah, so I think it's a it's a solid solid pick there. I actually like that one. Um, yeah, he didn't didn't get my list, but yeah, that's what you're looking for in a spot like this. A guy who could have some you know some possibility to get up the depth chart, and I think that there is some of that there. I mean, yeah, like. Goodwin, yeah. I mean, I he's he, he yeah, they got him, but what is he really? He's not gonna do much, is he? Arcego right. Whiteside didn't do much. Right. Yeah, and it's I, just yeah. I don't believe they even gave up a I think it was no, like a sixth just rounder or something. No, I mean, taking like, a flyer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, with Greg Ward, that is, you know, flashes, but what is he really? We don't know. This you know, it definitely could be a could be an interesting uh pick here. So I will go with 
my first, let's see here, my first pick. And I went, actually, I went with K.J. Hill from the Chargers, played Ohio State. Just, you know, he, he was a pretty solid receiver at Ohio State. And I I think there's, I mean, the Chargers have a guys ahead of them, obviously. There's Keenan Allen, there's Mike Williams. I don't even remember who else is on the team anymore. But I feel like <laughs> there, there's a chance that, you know, I like, I sometimes I like these players from big schools that were productive. He was productive. He was very productive. I would say he was a very, very good player. And he went, what, the Way deep in the draft. I remember exactly. He went on the seventh round. Right, Sam. Wait, yeah. yeah. He was Very, projected to go a lot. He slid. Yeah, he did. I, and, I truly don't know why. But he but he was he had a very solid career there. And I mean, his, his senior year, the numbers weren't as good as his junior year. He only had last year he had 57 catches, 636 yards. But he did have 10 touchdowns, which is always nice. The year before, he had 70 catches for 885 yards, six touchdowns. He's been a productive receiver in a very good offense. And sometimes that can translate. Sometimes these guys just get overlooked with for some reason, the numbers weren't terribly flashy, but he was just good. At, he was very solid. So I, I like him. And maybe there's some potential to eventually, you know, step up in the depth chart a little bit. I mean, we, Keenan Allen's been good, obviously. But, you know, again, doesn't last forever. And Mike Williams has been, you know, he's, 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 he, I don't even want to call him a bust, but he's not lived up to his he's top 10 pick, right. right? That He hasn't lived up to that. And it could very well be the opportunity where when his, his deal's up, I mean, they're going to, are they going to give him a new contract? You know, I think he's, I think they picked up his option, but after that, what are they going to do? And other, I mean, other than that, other than that, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, what is the depth chart? There isn't like, there isn't people who who's there um, right now. I'm actually, I pull up the depth chart here. You got Andre Patton, Joe Reed, Jason Moore, Darius Jennings. I mean, why, why can't KJ Hill jump up and there be the third receiver? He, he definitely could. So I think there's an opportunity there to jump up that. I mean, obviously he's not one or two, but he could jump up to be the three. There's a, there's a chance. I mean, obviously then Hunter Henry's, Ahead of him as well, Eckler. So he's really maybe the fifth option. Yeah, but, but I mean, still. it's not out of the realm for yeah. an injury to occur as well. No, right? So I mean, it's NFL. Yep. So that's why KJ Hill puts comes in at my yep. number five. And before I go to my number four, I do like that pick because I do think that there is a bias in the NFL, and for good reason. Not not an unfair bias, but obviously, the younger the player, the yep. more time you get with them, right? And you, you know, believe you can grow into yourself. I mean, to your point of how good he was in at OSU. He was the all-time receptions leader at, yeah, at exactly. Ohio State, which is yep. pretty impressive at Ohio State, right? See, and yeah. at the same time, he was a redshirt senior, so he is older for the class, and I think that does, you know, kind of negatively affect him in the draft. So I, I like that pick. Yep. All right, number four. Okay, number four. I uh, I put your boy here, and he's probably going to be higher up on your list, so I'm not going to talk too much about him, but Antonio Gibson comes in at number four for me. He is kind of an anomaly, and uh, Washington is, I still think, I mean, you have plenty of opportunity to kind of assert yourself into that lineup somewhere, and this is why I put him in and not uh, another wide receiver from that team that I thought could have easily been here as well. I think they need wide receiver help, and if the injuries still occur, they'll need help at, at running back. He plays both positions. He is very, very athletic. They drafted him high. So you have to believe they're going to try to implement him. I don't personally think that this year is going to be all that great. I think he'll have flashes of like, wow, did you see that play that guy made? Um, but I think hopefully they get their stuff together and they kind of figure out where he fits in. And that is why I do like him. At this one, I'm just taking pure talent 
compared to uh, situation. So, so that is why Antonio yeah. Gibson shows up here. Where did I, the thing is, he's so interesting because you don't even know where to rank him. Like in these dynasty ranks, people, where is he? Is he ranked as a wide receiver, as a running back? Like it's, I, I don't know. <laughs> it's just he's I, all over the board, right? Honestly, that helped me pick though because I, yeah. I was looking at uh, Washington's depth chart. Yeah, and their their wide receivers are just dog. Like no, I mean, yeah. you oh, have yeah. you have your guaranteed number one now because you know came up on the scene last year, McLaren, and then um, you know as far as running back. I, you know, he shouldn't, you have AP, which who knows, maybe they'll cut him or something, but you have AP, you have guys, and I know people would probably put Gibson Amelia above Bryce Love, but he was really highly touted as well. So if the injuries don't occur, it all of a sudden is a, a very, uh, very congested backfield, yep. but he could very well play a, a part as far as like a third wide receiver or something of that nature. He could easily win that because I don't think there's that much talent at their wide receiver slot. Yep. So that's why I picked him compared to uh, another wide receiver that um, I don't want to step on your toes if you're going to talk about him. But uh, so, but another uh, wide receiver that is a very tall, interesting prospect <laughs> that they got later in the draft. So, all right. Well, then I'll talk about Gibson maybe another time. <laughs> yeah, I figured, I figured he was going to be your number one or something. So. so we'll go. I'll go to my number four then here. And this is where I went with um, James Prochet. I think that's how you say his name. So I it think is, he yeah. – right, so he's an interesting one to me. He um, came from what? SMU, so small school, which, you know, how did the numbers actually – I should say he went to the Ravens. I should say that too, right? He's, he's playing for the Ravens and small schools, though. It's always interesting. How is that going to translate? No one truly knows. I mean, we got blinded by um, Zay Jones a couple of years ago, his like gaudy numbers he put up in school <laughs> and he didn't really do anything. Yeah. But so, and this was what, so Prochet went in the sixth round here, but these are the numbers. This is what really just jumps out at you is last year, senior year, 111 catches, over 1,200 yards, 15 touchdowns. The year before, 93 catches, 1199 yards, 12 touchdowns. That is two years of some really, really good production. But he played in the American Conference, right? Whatever you know, that's it's hard to completely translate it. But I also so the Baltimore obviously great offense, right? Hollywood Brown, their number one receiver. Who is their number two really though? It's Willie Sneed, Miles Boykin, maybe Miles Boykin. There's some hope there, but we don't know he's going to pan out completely. You got Chris Moore there. You got some other guys. You got um, they drafted. Uh, Prochet wasn't the number one receiver. I think they even drafted. I'm completely blanking on the other one right now. It was uh, Dunn. Uh, I'm I'm just completely blank. Dunn Nervy. Yeah. Yes. 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 <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He was he was drafted ahead of him, so people might have him higher ranked. But for some reason, I just like that production that Prochet had, and he's he's obviously deeper in the draft, so I he's more of a deep dynasty sleeper that people aren't going to really talk about as much being this far down. So I think there's just opportunity because none of the guys ahead of him are just that great. I mean, Willie Sneed's been a a decent NFL receiver, but he could be out of the league in a year and no one would ever think about him again. Right. Same thing with Chris Moore and some of these other guys around there. And it's always possible if he is productive, he jumps up and then he's in a great offense forever. You know, Lamar Jackson's good. It's going to be great. So that's just the kind of, it's just potentially he could jump up there. He did. He produced in college. Maybe that translates. Maybe it doesn't. But it just it's worth a shot. So he's my number four. 
Okay, I love that you put him on here. He was one yeah. that kind of jumped off the the screen when you actually watch his yep. highlight reel. Be, and it's kind of it's unfortunate too because he is he's kind of in no man's land. He he's undersized, but he has very yep. good hands. He's not a burner, but he's pretty quick. Um, my the only reason he didn't show up on here is even after all that, and I was kind of like, okay, yeah. <laughs> you have Marquise Brown, you're not going to overcome him, right? And no, he's also no. incredibly fast, so you're kind of like, you know. What what do they really use? And it's definitely tight ends. And it's not really wide receivers. And I looked at like Willie Sneed was the second best wide receiver on that team, and he was targeted forty six times, caught thirty one balls. Yeah, and lot. I was kind of like, oh man. But I really like his tape. I really like the player. But that's why he didn't show up on me because I in that offense, it's a great offense. It's not a great passing offense quite yet. Yep. Yep. So, but anyway, I, I really like the pick though. I think he is a talented guy. All right, let's go to number three here for you. Number three, I am going with another wide receiver, and uh, this time I'm going with Van Jefferson. So it, he's another one that I, I don't necessarily think jumps off the page, right? And and that is kind of the, the way it goes, but I think he is a very good wide receiver. I think he's solid all the way around, and he goes to a place that is going that has a hole to fill, right? He went to LA. He went to the Rams. They picked him at the end of the second round, and now, you know, you come in and you could fairly easily get the number three wide receiver position locked up as long as you come in and produce right away. And this guy is heavily competitive. He played for Florida and, um, he, you know, 6'1", 200 pounds, so not overly tall or anything, but he doesn't really have any weaknesses. And I think they could use him, obviously, after Brandon Cooks, they shipped him off. So I, I that's why Van Jefferson shows up at number three. I think he's just more of a safe pick I, I really like him to get reps and we'll see if he if he can kind of make it in the nfl so he's my number three as well actually yeah cool so it's a lot of the same reasons and you know if he passes josh reynolds to be the number three there there's production there that like they have had three productive receivers you know at times they had you know when they had cooks they had cooper cup they had robert woods they've been able to support three receivers and if if Jefferson, that's if Jefferson becomes that third, he has a path to being at least relevant in fantasy. And that's been a lot of the reasons he's going to make this list. Yeah, Josh Reynolds has been Josh. I don't know what Josh Reynolds is. He's 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 been an okay receiver. He's had some signs when he can be good, but there's no. I mean, Van Jefferson could pass him up in a second, and no one would ever think twice about that. And that's it, though. There's really nothing else on the depth chart. It's pretty much Cup, Woods, Reynolds, Jefferson. That's it. I mean, if you some of these names I'm looking at right now, I've literally never heard of these people. So like right, right. Greg Dortch, uh, Nasimba Webster, JJ Kosky, Chris, Tristan Jackson. Somebody's going to get upset with us for saying, I don't know those players. <laughs> Ernest Edwards, Brandon Polk. Do you know those guys? I mean, maybe no, you should, I, I do. Not, so, no. so sorry. Okay. If, if, if those are one of your favorite players, cause you played at your college, whatever. Please don't send us hate mail. I just <laughs> if they become fantasy relevant, then I'll care. I don't care right now. So I've literally never heard of those guys. Jefferson, right there, he's at least the fourth receiver right now. Very easily could be the third. So that's uh, I mean, that's really all you need to do. And I guess, man, we still the Robert Woods thing really gets us yet. People, um, people don't like us for that, Jeff. I know they love Robert, but it I could not get it. Someday, someday. And you know, Cooper Cup, you never know if the guy can stay healthy. He's he he been he had the big the, you know, the ACL injury. You never know if some we'll see. We'll see. But I like Van Jefferson. Good number three for both of us. So all right, let's go to your number two then. 
Number two, and this one, it, this one kind of excites me actually. The other, I think my other three are fine picks. Don't get me wrong, but when when you get when you see someone who is super athletic, you get a little bit excited. Like, oh, maybe like they could flash. They could really take notice of him. You no, know I mean, I feel like they put a uh, a higher prestige on on size and 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 speed and and whatnot. So Brian Edwards from South Carolina, he went to the Raiders, and he is my number two. And this guy, I mean, truly, I know I talked about the tape for the other ones and I really like Prochet and I thought, you know, they look really good. This guy is a beast and he uses his hands in the best way. Very good with his hands, catching the ball. He doesn't catch it against his body. He can be used in the red zone. He's 6'3", 212 pounds. He looks like a monster compared to a lot of the other uh, CBs, obviously in college, not in the NFL yet. But what I like about him even more is, you know, on top of his his physical acumen is who is the other guy they drafted rugs right he is a speed guy he is not the same type of wide receiver and the only other guy on their roster that really is kind of like brian edwards would be tyrell williams who is getting a little bit older he's a he's a good wide receiver no doubt about it um and then you have like you know hunter renfro who who runs in the slot but I think Brian Edwards could be used a lot in the red zone. I think he could be implemented right away. Other than that, I mean, you're going against Nelson Aguilar, who kind of completely fell off, Zay Jones, who never got going, and then a bunch of names that you're not going to know anyway. So this guy has a free road to be the you know second prototypical wide receiver on a Raiders team that is kind of gearing up to do things a little bit differently. But you still need people like that. And I think once he goes out there and plays – I think that uh, they'll fall in love with him. So Brian Edwards would be my number two. So actually, yeah, I really like that pick. He didn't actually I kind of overlooked him for my list. Actually, I'll be honest. <laughs> I really, I really like him though. That's a good, that's a good pick because he's he's a little different than some of the other guys they have. I mean, they drafted Lynn um, Bowden too, who's different. He's just like a yeah, I, he's and, different. He's not. He's he not is. Edwards. He's, he's, he's kind of yeah. like a uh, poor man's version of Gibson, where yeah, he, yeah, he does everything, exactly. and you're kind of like, where are they going to use him? Exactly. And Edwards is just. Different. Edwards could jump in there right away and be a starter right away this year. It's yeah. very good possibility. Uh, what would the Raiders' offense be? We'll see, but he, he definitely could jump in there. It's it's hundred percent possible. So I would not be surprised to see him up there at all. All right. So I'll go to my number two, and this is where I, I went with a a running back here, my first running back, and. I don't know. There's a, there's a bunch of names I could have gone with. I'm trying to. I was trying to you know not get the guys that are too high up. Obviously, you know in the running back ranks, trying to go further down, try, but trying to also find somebody that you know could play. You know has a chance. You don't want to you know just throw out like whoever. So I I ended up deciding I like so it's Joshua Kelly. I picked Joshua Kelly for the Chargers. So he's right now I think like the 13th, 14th running back in dynasty kind of ish ranks. I've seen him. He's been uh, yeah, it looks like he's thir- 13th right now. So Joshua Kelly for the Chargers. And a lot of this is, I'm not, I guess I'm not sold on Austin Eckler, right? That's where it becomes. I'm not sold on Austin Eckler being a every down starting running back in the NFL. And I'm just still not there. I mean, Austin Eckler, I believe is going to be, he's going to be valuable in fantasy. He's going to be a good fantasy player because he he just, he has been, he can catch balls. He can do a lot of things. But I not sold on him being that every town guy. And then behind him would be Justin Jackson, who Justin Jackson, who he, you know, he's been, he's, he's decent, right? Justin Jackson's probably more just decent. He's pretty 
decently average. Kelly might be that too, but then again, maybe he's not. Maybe he has a little bit of chance to um, jump up and he could easily pass Justin Jackson. If he does that, then he be, he has a role already. And he was a fourth round pick, which is kind of just, um, you know, fourth round picks are interesting. It's more, he's borderline, not terribly valuable, but then again, it's not the sixth or seventh round pick kind of a thing, which it's just more of a throwaway. So Kelly, you know, He's my pick at number two. I think there's I think there's a chance that he actually can do something. I'll throw up some numbers here. So he played here we go. His last two years, thousand yards, just over a thousand yards last year, four point six yards a carry. His year before that, twelve hundred yards, five point five yards a carry, twelve touchdowns in both years. So he's been decently productive at a good, you know, good conference. So Josh Kelly is my number two. All right. Number two. I tell you the truth, I don't know a whole lot about uh, Kelly, but I get your point. It's just more potential, more opportunity yeah. to jump up there. All right. Um, All right. Number one. On to my number one. Well, I know who your number one is, <laughs> <laughs> but my number one, and I, I had to do it because I had this guy ranked much higher than a lot of other people. And even now he was ranked as the 23rd rookie as far as dynasty drafts go. Yep. And that's Chase Claypool. <laughs> oh, okay. Before you talk about it, I didn't put him on my list because I knew you would. So I didn't. Yeah, okay. I got I, another point. I, I, almost, <laughs> I, I almost didn't do Antonio because I, I was like, well, I can throw someone else on there. I know Craig will talk about him. I almost did the same thing. Um, yeah. So Chase Claypool, uh, he's, dude, he is an absolute physical freak. I mean, he really is. And this guy comes, you know, into the combine. He is 6'4, 238 pounds. He can move. You, I mean, he is a glorified – I don't even know what he is. I mean, they they throw out stats that make him, you know, talk about Megatron and whatnot, but he could even play, like, tight end in situations for him. He, he's kind of he, – he's just kind of a, a crazy athlete. They got him at the end of the second round, and you know they desperately need help, right? You have you have Juju, and you kind of saw what James Washington to do, could do and, and Deontay Johnson, but – He's he's a different kind of wide receiver, and I think that they can use him uh, even with those other guys. And I think he'll surpass, uh, you know, one if not both of them at at some point during the year, as long as he gets his stuff together and makes sure he he does the right thing. But at Notre Dame, I mean, he put up good numbers as well. Um, I mean, his senior year, sixty six catches for a thousand yards and thirteen touchdowns, and. That is with a lot of injuries occurring uh, around him, and he really came out. Of, he really came on in 2019, where I think he was kind of like figuring it out. So I think he finally caught, uh, you know, caught wind of how to play the wide receiver position. And Pittsburgh is the perfect place to go, especially no one expects anything out of him because they played so horrible on the offensive side of the ball last year. But with Big Ben coming back, um, I think the sky's the limit for this guy. Um, and I know they they picked up Ebron as well, but I really do think that if you wanted to have a very large wide receiver set um, in the red zone or whatever it may be and, and kind of set up Juju for that one-on-one, he'll be in there a lot. So really, really love Chase Claypool, especially going to Pittsburgh. So he's my number one. Yep. I think I agree with all that. I, I, he honestly would have probably made my list easily. I just said, as I'm putting it together and he's on there, I'm like, hey, no, never mind. I'll, I'm going to add another, another guy. So he's he's... He has a great chance to jump up there because I mean, I'm not sold. I mean, Deontay Johnson, James Washington. Yeah, there's a chance either one of them could break out, but I'm there's I'm not sold on it. They they've shown some signs, but nothing nothing that really makes you just there's no sure thing, right? There's no, no guarantee no, they're going to jump up. And Claypool, he could definitely be better than either of those guys and get a opportunity. It's really going to depend on Ben Roethlisberger. It really is uh, what he is and if he's back and. 
They need him to be Ben Roethlisberger for at least a year or two here. So Claypool can get a chance here. So, all right. So my number one, a lot of suspense here, I bet. Um, it's Antonio Gibson. Surprise. Right? <laughs> so like, I, if people have been listening before the draft, I was high on Antonio Gibson. He actually went higher than I expected. I'll be honest. In the draft. I didn't think he was going to go, what, it's pick 66, I think, overall, which is, I mean, that's the beginning of the third round. I was surprised at that. I honestly did not see that coming. And so here, here, <laughs> all right, before I say, okay, hear me out on this. Okay. Don't laugh right away, please. When I say okay. this. So Ron Rivera, right. He he just came from coaching another team. Correct. Right. What, okay. You know? Yeah. I heard this. So right? yeah, go ahead and say it. <laughs> so, I mean, did he, did he draft Antonio Gibson because he wants to have another player that he can use like he used Christian McCaffrey? Maybe sort of. What do you think about that? I think it's a little well, out I think, there. I, yeah, I was going to say, I think he said he reminds him a lot of or or he has the same tools as and everyone in the world, collective eye roll, like, okay, yeah, like, yeah, we get it. All right, you're are you a genius or something like, all right, get over yourself. Like, there's no possible way, like, that you can't make that comparison. It's so, it's like borderline annoying that a coach picked someone and then he was like, know who he reminds you of? The best running back in the league. That's right. Like, I no, mean, get out of here. Okay. Yeah, I guess a major difference would be um, Christian McCaffrey was was highly productive in college. (laughs) Highly productive in college. I mean, he was, uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, he was insane in college, right? I mean, he had, McCaffrey had uh, pulled up his, uh, he had, I mean, insane. His second year, he had 2,000 yards rushing and 600 (laughs) yards receiving. (laughs) And 1,000 yards on kick returns. Yeah. He had 3,800 all-purpose yards. And people still doubted him. So and that would have been his soft his, his sophomore season. I can pull up Antonio Gibson's numbers here, and they will not be that. I will give you that. I just there's something about Antonio Gibson. I just like, uh, you know, he came on later. Obviously, he was behind. I mean, the, the big time names of Tony Pollard and Daryl Henderson, right? I mean, so he couldn't get a spot there. He went to community college. Obviously, <laughs> it's been it's not the same thing, right? It's not the same thing. But he he can do. A, a million things. We don't even know what position he's going to be. Is he a running back? Is he wide receiver? How are they going to use him? No one knows. But I just think there's an opportunity that he can jump up here. And, you know, it's weird. I'm going to use this argument that maybe he could go up and be highly used in the team, but it's going to be against one of my favorite players, Darius Geis. And Geis, is he injury prone? You know, he very well might be yet. Yeah. He's been injured. And I don't know if those are fluke. I mean, sometimes it's been kind of fluky, I feel like. But, Again, yeah, maybe if I'm wrong on Geis and he is injury prone, he gets hurt again, maybe Gibson has that chance. And maybe they do use him like Christian McCaffrey, a poor man. Okay, very, very poor man's version of Christian McCaffrey. I'll give you that. But I think there's a chance that he's used very well. You don't have to put up Christian McCaffrey numbers, obviously. You can, no, give, you can do like a third of Christian McCaffrey numbers and still yeah, be. Even, <laughs> even a poor man's Christian McCaffrey would be a, a – very excellent. He'll probably be the number two running back in the league at this right. point. Yeah. How good McCaffrey's been. So there, Antonio Gibson, my number one. I'm just really interested to see how he's used. And, you know, they did draft him high enough where I think they didn't, they're going to use him. They're going to use him and they're going to give him all the opportunity in the world to actually play. So he makes my list. As a, I don't even know. He's a sleeper, but is he? It's, he's kind of known at this point, but I still had to put him on here. Yeah, I mean, so. he, I think, I mean, I do think he is a sleeper, though. Be, how are they going to use him? That's the question yeah. for me. 
he there's no doubt that he is a very athletic individual i mean he is you watch his highlight reel and you're like oh my gosh like slow down you're making everyone look like they're in slow motion yep but i think my worry and that's why i put him lower because i was kind of like can he play wide receiver right can you use him in different ways because right now if you really look at the backfield and washington right that is this year right it doesn't not mean that antonio in future years won't be the number one there he very well could but if you look at it right now, AP, obviously one of the you know Hall of Fame back. And yeah, he's he's older, so you look at him and you almost kind of want to move him aside. Like, okay, who else? Geist, who, if he can stay healthy, has proved that he can be good in the NFL and was incredibly productive in, in college, right? He's over 1,000 yards rusher and ridiculous amount of touchdowns, um, over 10 each year. And then you have Bryce Love as well, which – I have love for Bryce Love, <laughs> but no one else seems to. But people forget that his junior year before he busted up his knee, he had over 2,000 yards and 19 touchdowns rushing. Right. He is yep. no slouch by any stretch of the imagination. And you look at those four guys, and then you have Gibson, who is just a freak athlete. You have those four guys being like, who's going to play, what, when. Even if someone goes down, in my mind, Gibson still has ways to make up. But they use a pretty high draft pick on him. So to your point, they they – you know, Ron Rivera, he's the coach. If he loves him, yeah. he's going to use him. Hey, you know, maybe he has a better shot to be a wide receiver. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, I At would not point. put it past him. I think he, with his athleticism, he can do whatever he wants there. And they desperately need wide receivers on that team. They drafted, uh, what, Gandy Golden as well. Okay, but, Gandy Golden, actually, I do want to take yeah. a moment on him. I think he was going to be another one. He's probably my sixth, my sixth one right there because he is a very uh, – just kind of a freak athlete as well. I mean, I won't say freak, but he's a very, very good athlete. Very, very tall. He can run. So, um, and on that team, I was looking at it. I was like, geez, man, he, if he just caught fire in training camp, he could be number two. Like there is no one standing in his way. It is, that is such a bare bones uh, roster yeah, he, that they have at wide receiver. It's really, it's really bad. I don't know he, what happened, but. He he I mean, was one that he entered my mind for the list too. There's a lot of guys actually that could have. So, so yeah, there really and was. He, just to show it. you too. Do you? I mean, I don't know. Maybe you have a better idea. Like McLaurin, mm-hmm. Terry McLaurin, lit the league on fire. He was amazing. He's gonna be your number one. There's no doubt about it. Yep. But after that, Kelvin Harmon, yep. Trey Quinn, Steve Cam Stevenson, Steven Latimer. Sim- yeah, like get out of here. Yeah. Like. What is happening? So, so Latimer like, won't do anything. Cam Sims probably doesn't do anything. Trey Quinn. I mean, Steven Sims, Kelvin Harvin. I mean, they I mean they kind of they showed their flashes, but it was more of a there wasn't anybody to throw the ball to kind of flashes. I think there was there was no one to throw the ball to. So somebody true. had to do something. But like Gandy Golden Gibson, those guys can jump up there and become useful. And there's shoot, there's no tight ends either. Who are they throwing the ball to? A tight end, Jeremy Sprinkle. So, <laughs> exactly. I mean, so yeah. there, there's a lot of room. That's why I, yeah. I almost could put both of them up there, except I don't know what Haskins yeah. is quite yet. And I exactly, felt bad being yeah. like, this could this could all fall apart. So I, I was a little, <laughs> you know, a little hesitant, but I, I yeah. totally understand. You know, it, it's one of those that even, even Camaro, right, coming out of college was not overly productive. And no. people forget that. He was, he was very, not rarely used, not compared to Gibson, but – he definitely was not a workhorse or anything of that nature. And people saw his athleticism and said, hey, we're going to go out and get this guy and we're going to put him to work. And I think that's what the whole thing with Gibson is. They see what you can do if you put that kind of athlete in the right position. Yep. So I, I get your love with him. 
Yeah. See, there's a, there's other guys we could have put on this. So I'll just one more name real quick that I didn't put on it, but I thought about it was Anthony McFarland Jr. He, he for Pittsburgh, just because I don't like James Conner. So <laughs> maybe, maybe McFarland becomes the guy. So he's another interesting name. Eno Benjamin from Arizona is another interesting one. He fell, he fell a lot in the draft to like the seventh round, which was surprising. I think that he came out early, but he goes to the, goes to the Cardinals. I mean, Kenyon Drake was good and they have uh, Chase Edmonds, but there's no guarantee again there. And Kenyon Drake was good for half of a season, right? But he was a kind of a bust in Miami. So maybe yeah, he's well, not. Tannehill we'll was too, so. True. <laughs> we'll see. But he, the, just, there's some other names. Those are some interesting names. Maybe just keep No, they are. Those are great. Yep. Yeah. And but, even, I, um, yeah, did you say KJ Hamler? Uh, no, I did not. Okay. He was KJ another, Hamler another is another one. one. And I realize they're kind of like coming out of, you know, uh, talent coming out of the gills down in Denver at yep. the moment. And we got to find out if Locke is the real deal. But. Um, he's another one. I mean, everyone got really excited about rugs and everything like that. KJ Hamler is a very explosive, fast wide receiver that they'll be able to pair up with Sutton and Jerry Judy, but it is a pretty cool compliment. So I'm very excited to see that offense get going. Um, do I think that he's going to have like an overly ambitious or overly productive rookie year? Not necessarily, but he is a guy that has the talent. If, if things go right for him, he could really take off. Yep, and then uh, Donovan Peoples Jones, right? I, he landed in the worst <laughs> spot. Oh my gosh! Like I love that uh, you you talked about him like a uh, week before the draft, and then he falls on Cleveland, and you're like, yeah. unless they trade a bunch of wide receivers, he's not getting anywhere near the field. No, probably not. But all right, <laughs> that'll do it for today. We'll be back next week. I think we're going to start some rankings episodes. We're going to get some running back ranks going and start to figure out where we're going to where these guys are going to fall in our rankings. It's going to be interesting as we put together these lists. We'll be back next week. Talk to you guys then.